0: the choices that you have to make. None of them are good. None of them are good. And yet you still have to make those choices.
1: Welcome to the Guides Gone Wild podcast. What is Guides Gone Wild, you ask? This is where you'll fill your ears and minds with the stories of everyday extraordinary women who will inspire you to take your outdoor adventure game to the next level. Whether you're starting your journey from the couch or the trailhead, this is the place for you. So let's get a little wild. Welcome back to Guides Gone Wild. This is Jen bringing you just such an amazing conversation today. But before I fill you in, I promised one final reminder. Ski Jor Skowhegan is this Saturday, February 25th. The fun begins at 11 a.m. at Skowhegan Fairgrounds. Don't miss it. Roll back and listen to our last episode, then head on over to SkiJoreskowhegan.org for more details. Now, let's meet today's guest, Susan Shashok of Caroline's Dream Handcrafted Skin Care based in Middlebury, Vermont. This conversation touches everything that encompasses a full life from good to bad to ugly to very ugly and hopefully back to good again. So trigger warning, we start out all rainbows and flowers, or should I say herbs, talking about Susan's fabulous natural skincare company, Caroline's Dream, but we do pretty quickly rev into some serious talk about what it's like to be diagnosed and treated for breast cancer. So if it's too soon or hits too close to home, maybe take a breather this week. I do hope you personally have not had to navigate this yourself or with a loved one, but if you have, I know you'll relate. And if you haven't... Yet, I should qualify because this is something that touches basically all of us at one point or another in our lives, this is required listening. A diagnosis like this can be so isolating and so confusing. Hearing firsthand what it feels like to go through something like this, what is and isn't helpful to hear, ways that support can be offered, etc. these are hard things to hear sometimes. But guess what? Living inside a bubble of uncertainty and fear is much, much harder all the time. Hugest of huge thanks to Susan for being willing to go very deep and be very frank about her treatment choices and the emotional and physical roller coaster she's been going through as her sense of gender and identity and self fundamentally shifts. It's a measure of her awesomeness that even in the midst of a very difficult and uncertain time in her life, she's not only thinking about herself, but also the large swaths of our population who don't get access to all the options and choices she had. So... Enough of my editorializing. Believe it or not, this is a really fun one. Let's hop on our e-bikes and cruise the hilly terrain of crazy highs and lows of this shared experience we're all going through called life with our generous guide, Susan Shashok of Caroline's Dream. So yeah, before we get too far down the road, I wanted to back, back right up and welcome my lovely new-ish friend, Susan Shashok of Caroline's Dream, to the Guides Gone Wild podcast, finally.
0: Hey, Jen. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) I am so excited because we talked about doing this like literally. So Susan was my um, tent neighbor at a very fun little bike event called Vertical that some of you may have listened to us recap. Trish and I talked incessantly about how freaking fabulous it was and how much we loved it. And we refer back to it all the time because it was just such a magical weekend that hasn't happened since. So Susan and I forget what your friend's name was.
0: Jennifer. Jennifer. Oh, I can't believe I
1: forgot that. I
0: was going to say, but that's okay. You were the first people that we met. Yeah, that's right. And
1: we were all coming in very tentatively for different reasons. I mean, I think you knew some of the folks involved with it. Trish and I had no expectation. We didn't know what to expect. And we were just like, Trish was scared. She was in over her head. You You were talking about. You thought you were in over your head.
0: And- oh, totally over my head. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody
1: had a freaking fantastic time and, and it was amazing. And um, and I know that community has uh circled the wagons for all of us many times since about different Definitely. things. So Definitely. at the time, Susan brought as her little gift to everybody at the end of the weekend, this amazing, the calendula cream. And there was something yep. else in there. Oh, uh, um, lip balm, I think. The lip balm, which she makes through her company, Caroline Stream, which we're going to talk about today, which is fabulous. And the other thing I just thought was amazing is you in, when the weather is appropriate, you deliver stuff on your bicycle in Middlebury. Susan is Absol- based in Middlebury, right?
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, I live in East Middlebury, which is just four miles outside of Middlebury. We're part of it. I said, we're sort of like the, the, the not so great, ch- child of Middlebury, but, um, (laughs) Oh,
1: stop it. Hey, you're closer to the mountain and stuff. So there you go. Exactly.
0: And I make deliveries to Middlebury and East Middlebury. I have a, an electric cargo bike, big red bike. And I, you can choose on my website to either have your stuff mailed to you. You can pick it up at my house or you can have free delivery. And I encourage people to choose delivery because, um, that way I get to get out on my bike and enjoy the sunshine or whatever weather is going on, I'll go yeah. out with in all kinds of weather. So, which
1: is which is something, and I'm glad you have an e-bike because if there's one thing I know about riding around in Vermont, there's a lot of hills and a there's lot of a, not paved roads.
0: A lot of hills. <laughs> there's like one road that I ride on that's flat and, but you have to get all kinds of hills to get there. So yeah,
1: yeah. it's crazy. My, my in-laws have a place up near there as we've talked about. And uh, yeah, every time we go out on a bike, I'm like,
0: oh yeah, right. North yeah.
1: Hills. So, you have to anyway. like hills
0: if you're going to move here. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, and sometimes with the uh, scent of very potent, like cow manure that is coming from mm-hmm. the farmers. <laughs> coming yeah, the into manure Saturdays days is, it's <laughs> burning it's you from loud. the inside out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you get manure stuck in your teeth as you're riding um, along. Yeah. Uh, you do one with anyway. nature. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. All right. Well, let's talk about more nature. Um, so tell me, let's back up, Susan, because you're obviously into biking. You're obviously into um I don't know if I should say herbalism, but like just mm-hmm. finding natural ways to take care of your body. So where did these two things come from and how did they start intersecting?
0: Um, and I, I, I
1: guess where, you know, let's talk about the, the iteration of your company and, and how it all got okay.
0: started. Um, I, as a teenager, I had terrible acne, just terrible acne. And it lasted well into my, well into my thirties and I used all kinds of chemicals on it. I was always trying new skincare to try and help it. And it just, it was just, uh, I couldn't overcome it. And so once I hit my thirties, I said, you know, I've gone through all the different iterations. How hard could it be to really make it myself? If I researched the different herbs and different ingredients and got the best ones out there. So I did. I took a class and I made a moisturizer that was just a game changer for me. It helped heal my face. I felt better. I looked better. And so I started giving it away to friends and family for you know Christmas, birthdays, that kind of thing. And then people started asking to buy it. And I said, "Hmm, uh, sure. So I started putting it together and I said, you know, I might as well, you know, put a name on it. And I my first experience with herbs and herbalism was from my grandmother, Caroline. She had a huge garden in her backyard, grew most of her vegetables, but she also had all these herbs. And she gave me my first herbal book and talked a lot about what she felt was natural skincare and things like that. I mean, she was very basic, a lot of peppermint, a lot of yarrow, a lot of you know common herbs, calendula, which is one of my favorites. But we didn't get into the details. I could just tell that it was one of her loves. And so when I started the company, Naming it after my grandmother was an easy transition and I'm just really happy she died when I was a teenager so I just feel like she's looking down on me and she's very happy um, when people call me Caroline by mistake she probably thinks that's really funny. Um, I don't mind. It's a great compliment. She was a a very interesting woman. She traveled widely. She was very into uh, reading and taking care of her family. And she just had a zest for life that I wanted to bring into my business as well. And so that sort of herbalism, that taking care of yourself is what I wanted my business to do. I didn't want to make skincare that people shove to the back of their cabinet and use only on special occasions. I wanted it something that they would use every day and that it would every day help them feel better about themselves and that it worked. It worked for them. Yeah. And
1: so what's the process? I mean, this seems like it would be a super complicated thing just from like when you start selling it, was it, w- were there like a bunch of hurdles you had to jump over in order to do that? Or.
0: Um, I think the biggest hurdle was that I was, I mean, it was 22 years ago and I had little kids and i I still make it in my house. So, um, I make everything in my kitchen. I have dedicated equipment. Um, so I sort of sanitize the whole kitchen, use that equipment, make something, and then. Sanitize again and then we make dinner. So it was (laughs) nap times got pretty intense. And I think that sort of setup and cleanup is what was difficult in the beginning. But at the same time, it was something that I could do when my kids were little. They all helped me with labeling. They helped, you know, with if I had a run at Christmas time, which I did. So it was a family affair and very much a hobby business until my kids were grown up enough that I could then expand the business out from there. And that's when I started the bike riding and deliveries was when they were old enough to take care of themselves at home. So that I could then branch out and do more things.
1: Now, were you a big biker growing up or where did the love of biking come from?
0: Always there. Always there. We used to ride all the time. As a family, we would go out and my parents. We were the, the first people on the block to buy bike helmets. We had the old bell helmets, the big white white and red ones. People made fun of us. <laughs> but we were like, we were trying to be good, trying to be healthy. And I just always rode. I always rode in high school. I always rode in college. And when I went to UVM and in the summers I would stay and just ride all around the lake in Burlington. And it was just, it's always been a love of mine, the sense of freedom, the sense of exploration. And you know, you can ride with people or ride by yourself. It's just, it makes me happy.
1: Yeah. You can definitely tell that. Susan has an amazing Instagram, which I'm going to refer everybody to later on, um, that I would absolutely check out for any number of reasons but there's she does have a lot of uh, there's a lot of nice video on on there of you just like sailing along some amazing gravel <laughs> road and it's just like so peaceful and you hear like that crunch underfoot yep. and you're just like
0: oh. I like to bring people with me yeah, yeah. exactly
1: exactly <laughs> it's like a total uh, immersive experience which is awesome so how did you hook up with the vertical girls like tell me all about that how did you wind up there
0: that's a great question. I don't know well, if we ever
1: covered that when I met you the first time.
0: You know, I make a I make a chamois cream, which is for cyclists, um, for hikers, whatever anybody who's got um, friction. Chafe, yes, <laughs> chafing. We're issues talking about issues down there, bun- <laughs> or bun- under chafing. there. <laughs> yeah, a little funkiness there too. So I make a great chamois cream, and I wanted to sort of connect. But there's so many chamois creams out there and there's so many big companies and especially with bicyclists. So I kind of looked around and I found the Rasputitsa people and I said, here's a funky group of cyclists who probably would embrace my small funkiness as well. And they did. They're like, come, you know, check it out. Come, you know, we, I did a giveaway at one of their pre-pandemic races. And it was a lot of fun. And then Heidi called me up and she goes, look, we're going to do this thing and we're going to call it vertical. And she goes, can you, can you come? And I said, I, I've never gone gravel riding. I live in Vermont, but I've never been on a gravel. I had a road bike. I said, I've never been camping and I have never fly fished. And she goes, great. When can you come?
1: (laughs) Perfect. Sounds sounds perfect. (laughs) fun. That's right I forgot that some of your <laughs> trepidation came from just like the fact that we were all out there in that random field
0: <laughs> yeah never you know my the who I went with Jennifer is a is a she's camped around the world she's traveled all around the world camping and so she was she was totally into it and um me not so much so I and so I we put together the gifts and I said okay and and it was the most life-changing experience I've, I've had in many, many years, other, you know, birth, <laughs> death, all those things and vertical. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You, you've had, you've
1: had a busy year, so that might be pushing it a little bit too far, but
0: <laughs> it really sort of changed how I look at things. And I, it really made a big difference in my life and just the friendships that I've had from it yeah are incredible. And So it was, it was that way. And, and to see, to talk to you and Trish right at the gate and say, find out that you were just as nervous about everything as we were. It was so life affirming just to be like, okay, at least we've got two people. And then we met two more people and two more, and everyone was nervous and everyone was looking at each other. And we're all just sort of excited for each other by the end of the event. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Driving onto a random bush hogged field in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of strangers. It seems like it's a great equalizer, You know, no matter how good a biker you are. You're like, what the effing F is going on here? <laughs>
0: oh, wait, fun? there's a fire
1: pit and a camper. So it must be Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had the same the same thought driving onto the field. I was like, Church "Oh like, my god, where are you
1: taking me?" I'm like, "I
0: don't know. I told I'm you a like, thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> it's an adventure, baby. It's an adventure. <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh my god. Exactly. Exactly. So, so the company, let's like give us a rundown of like what are the different, what kind of is the the product offerings look like okay. today.
0: So, I know calendula
1: cream because I definitely use that. You still get the chamois stuff. Cause so I bought so that for my husband. Stuff.
0: And yep, I have three different lip balms. And um, I'm the big thing with the lip balms is two years ago I changed over from plastic containers to paper push-up tubes, and so I don't have any plastic packaging in in my packaging anymore. So everything's all the moisturizers are put in glass jars. I have a deodorant and the lip balms are in paper push-up tubes. Got the chamois cream we already talked about. Um, So I've got four different other moisturizers, some for really sensitive skin. That's the one that I created for myself um, in the beginning, lavender and sandalwood. Then I've got a lavender and geranium that's more for oily skin. The calendula, which is for extra dry skin. I've got a foot cream that's in there and I've got a super skin salve that is one of this overall superhero products that I make. And, you know, you got road rash, you've got, you know, sunburn. So I put it on my psoriasis, all these things. It's super healing. Put it on my kids' bums when they had diaper rash, that kind of thing. And so it's these products that are everyday products, but at the same time, they've got these special herbal preparations in them that I put all my love and attention into.
1: Yeah. 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 And I can attest to, I've just tried the, a couple of the creams and gave my kids a lip balm, which they loved. <laughs> and I I'm not sure. I, I wonder, I should check and see if my husband's been using the chamois cream. Cause he got, he just got back into biking this fall, finally. Um, yeah. Hardcore, but yeah, I, I, the calendula I've been putting on as, especially in the winter, just as like my, I have super dry skin being women of a certain age, I'm sure we, yep. all, we all have super dry skin everywhere. And it's like, oh my God, it's so good. Or just slathering it all on before I go out into shovel or bike or do whatever you're going to do in the cold weather is like a game changer. Yeah.
0: I take calendula flowers and sort of steep them in warm olive oil for hours and hours and hours, strain it out. And that forms the basis of the calendula cream. It's also in the lip balms. It's also in the super skin salve. So that sort of intense herbal infusion is just some of the magic that's in there. And it's something that not everybody would do because it, it takes hours and hours to make those infusions. But that's where the fun comes in for me. I love all that background science of which herb is going to be good. What's it do? What sort of properties does it make? And that's where the fun is. The production days are my favorite days. Yeah, Not that I don't love those delivery days, but production starting with a bunch of random ingredients and then by the end of the day having all those jars lined up ready for customers. Love it. Love those days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um and maybe we're going to this is maybe a good time to segue into another big big topic I wanted to talk about right now because I think you've found a new niche market for some of your products um in the healing space because you have had a um not quite the the casual easygoing covid reentry process that the rest of us have had you kind of got a 2 by 4 to the head last summer in yep. a shocking way that has really uh changed the course of your life i would imagine yep in not not so many good ways so you got a mammogram in july yep. that led to a biopsy in august that led to surgery in like october
0: in <laughs> september September, September. Yeah. So, um, to the extent that
1: you are willing to talk about this, um, tell me a little bit about that whole progression and, you know, kind of what happened and all the different places in your mind went and, um, how things went.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. It's breast cancer and we, I don't have a history of it in my family. I had one cousin who had breast cancer, um, many years ago and that's it. So it was really um it was really a surprise. I Are had You going
1: in for a just a
0: routine routine mammogram. I yep. kind of blown it off during COVID because they really weren't taking appointments and yep. so it had been a couple years. Yeah. And they called me back in and then they called me back in again for an ultrasound and honestly I knew when I saw it on the ultrasound because I'd had an ultrasound before. And I saw it this time and I said, uh, it doesn't, that looks pretty much like a tumor to me. So, and it sure, the biopsy said it was, so it was an immediate throw into, um, healthcare. You know, it was, it, it was a wild ride and it was very scary trying to make decisions, um, listening to people, trying to decide what they were telling me versus what I wanted to do, what worked well for me. Um, And 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 for a
1: a wayfinding point, it was eventually determined to be stage three. Is that correct?
0: It was, (laughs) it was stage two, but when they went in for the surgery, it had moved into the lymph nodes and then there were some cells beyond the lymph nodes. So technically there, I was in a territory they don't have a, a grading for. So technically three, but not really. Um, and they said, really, I wound up, which is pretty usual for me in a category all my own, that they don't had, they didn't have any recommendations.
1: Yeah, being an N of one, I have a friend whose daughter has been an N of one many times, Trish, in fact. And um, that is not,
0: not a super confident
1: place to be standing in, I don't think. Yeah, yeah.
0: they- Sort of like, so I had, um, they did the testing and they found that I wasn't gonna need chemo, that the side effects were too much for what the benefits would be. So you go, yay, that sounds pretty good. I, I don't really wanna have chemo. And then I talked to the radiologist and he was the same way. He was like, okay, well, we could do all these things and this is what I can offer you. But at the end of the day, the, the side effects and the harm that would be done seemed to be far more than what could be offered. So I declined radiation and um, I declined further surgery and I'm just on hormone therapy right now. So most people would be taking the hormone suppressant for five years, I'm gonna be taking it for 10. Um, And hopefully, so I'm always gonna have those cancer cells floating around and the plan is to hopefully not have them metastasize into tumors again. So it feels good, (laughs) but it still feels very scary. It doesn't, I sort of, in this sort of floating category, I chose surgery-wise not to have a lumpectomy. I had a double mastectomy. So I figured I'm just going to clear the deck, so to speak. And that way um, I wouldn't have to, it would eliminate further surgery. Um, And honestly, I related far more to the fiercely flat group that's out there that they're, this is who they are. This is where they are. Um, I always had a really large chest. So having the lopsided or having to do reconstruction, I just decided I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to go back and see what it's like to go through life with a different perspective altogether. And it's been really good and really scary It's sort of redefining who I am as a woman, as um, what I look like. I'm an elected official in my town, so I had a lot of visibility to people. So it's been challenging to meet people that I haven't seen for a long time. They can tell physically that I look very different. Um, Do I want to share my story? Do I not want to share my story? And, And honestly, it's... Every day is a challenge with the cancer meds that I'm on just to get through the day. Um, The fatigue that I have from them is overwhelming. And that seems to be common for a lot of women. And I'm definitely in that category. I have to take a nap every day to get through the day. And that seems just kind of crazy to me. I'm usually miss um, energy, go, go, go all day. And I'm not that person anymore. And so it's been, it's been a challenge to sort of redefine who I am.
1: Yeah. And I think that I can't even imagine as somebody who's just definitely in the throes of like menopause, premenopause, whatever it is, menop- yep. that, that transition that you go through in your forties or fifties or whenever that already like fucks you up. And then to have this on top of it, cause you're the same age as I am essentially like And then throw in the double mind F of the fact that you brought up that you are, you're the moderator, right? Town moderator for Middlebury. And you were coming out of the pandemic when you didn't meet in person for years and years and years. So you're seeing everybody from probably the shoulders up on Zoom, you know, when, and if you're doing (laughs) anything official, right? and then the next time you're like, oh, good, we're going to have a live meeting. (laughs) Hey, I got a few things. Yeah, it's been a time. It's, 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 been, it's been a five years. Like, what the I can't like, boom, yeah. my, my brain's leaking out my ears right now. Just yeah. all the layers of that. And then to not feel like yourself, just period, and just being like, oh gosh, you know. And right. and I know just from reading your Instagram that, you know, you were trying your best to use some of the knowledge you have about herbs and And the way your body works to try to find other ways to alleviate some of these symptoms that you're getting from your meds and, and with not that much success, it sounds like. So tell, tell me more about that too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've always had, um, I've always had for the past eight years, I've had a good relationship with several oncology nurses who recommend my products for their patients. So um, calendula cream is talked about in oncology circles as being a really good cream to use for you know, post-surgery massage, for lymphatic massage, for radiation effects. And so I've been sort of working in that category for a while, but then I found myself as a patient and I thought, okay, well, it's my chance to try it out on myself. <laughs> And, no um, better testimonial. <laughs> and so I'm like, sure enough, it works really well. And so it's been one of those things to talk about and to sort of talk about to other women and say, hey, you know, I've, I've got something that really helps with this. And to also get the support from my own customers. Um, when I put it in my newsletter that, this, that I was going through this, so many wrote back to me and helped me saying okay this is how I used your products this is what happened and it's been a real lifesaver thank you so much and so I at the same time I was so scared I got so much support from women that I had already helped and that became an interesting jumping off point for me of like okay I need to be talking about this out loud and so I posted different things in my newsletter and on Instagram just talking about where I was saying to people um, offering, you know, don't, somebody who's just had, you know, surgery on their chest, don't hug them in the front, (laughs) ask if you can give a side hug, you know, those kinds of things seemed so basic to me at the time, but I had a lot of people say, it never occurred to me, thank you for sharing that information. So I wound up sort of being scared about oversharing, but the more I shared, the more the better it seemed to help myself and other people. So I just kept going. I think the hardest part for me right now is that I'm not sure what to share. And so I've been kind of quiet the past couple, the past month and a half, just because it's been hard just to get through the day. And I was thinking about, you know, I should be talking about this (sighs) because it seems like a little thing to me, but it's... I'm meeting a lot of people who are going through the same thing, like you said, through menopause anyway, and I just need to talk about it. I've always been a talker, so yeah. I, I worry but, about the oversharing part, but yep. I, I do
1: it, it is so hard though, because I, I have another woman I had talked to, um, on the podcast who who also went through a breast cancer diagnosis and treatment this year who I'm hoping to have on because she had when I talked to her recently she had a a similar thing where she was like at the beginning I was sharing all this stuff because I felt like there really was a place for it and in her case she says she wants to kind of keep sharing because she's like you know what I didn't know what the f I was talking about at the beginning and I was saying some stuff that in retrospect like nope, it that was not, that was not it. And I was, I have changed my thinking. And so I want to keep talking to, because I think it is important yeah. for anybody, whether you're um, yeah. somebody who is, who is a, you know, survivor of this or somebody who is trying to support somebody who is going through this to know that, yeah, I mean, this shit changes all the time and, and yeah. your thinking around it is going to change and your relationship with it is going to change. And that's totally normal and, you know, and everyone's everyone's journey is going to be different, just like with everything else in life, too. So, um.
0: absolutely. And people ask me like, "Oh, well, you've had cancer. What? What do you think about this?" And I'm like, "Everybody's cancer is yeah. different. Everybody's journey is different. I can tell you what helped me. I can make a suggestion, but you you should make the choices that work best for you. And I think that's so important. And and I relate to the the changing of the story too. I I, I t- Totally relate to that. And as I went through it and now dealing on the other side, you know, I find myself having conversations with people who are talking about, um, we mentioned this before about gender identity and things like that. And, and I'm in the middle of, am I still a woman if I don't have breasts anymore? You know, I have, I've had a hysterectomy. I, I don't have breasts anymore. I don't have hormones anymore. You know, and, and people are like, oh, well, you're, you're still a woman. And like, "Mm, you know,
1: and the medical system (laughs) has, has completely supported you in all of that decision-making and all those processes, which was a point you made very, very eloquently on your site and which I did want to, I, you know, we want, I, I did want to mention that at some point because that was a very powerful, you know, just,
0: yeah, you know, people are there. I'm I'm relating so much to people who are struggling with their gender identity because I am as well and I think it's I think it's a crime that I had all this surgery all this medical attention that was completely paid for because I have very good insurance. I've had years of not having good insurance and I know what that's like and I have great insurance right now. I mean I had a double mastectomy that cost $45,000 and my out-of-pocket was $100, and that there's people out there struggling every day to pay huge sums of money to their insurance, or to get gender-affirming surgery to feel like themselves of what they feel like, and no one, the medical community is not supporting them, Their their actual physical community is not supporting them, and that's, That's a terrible situation for people. Uh, I was offered all kinds of options to pick out a surgery that worked best for me. And we all should have that opportunity. Why can't everyone, you know, I've had people recently tell me, well, like you would, that's not you, Susan. I'm like, I completely chose gender affirming surgery. (laughs) You know, if I wanted reconstruction, that was offered to me, that's gender affirming surgery. If if I had wanted to just have one breast removed and, and deal with all kinds of other things, gender-affirming surgery, you know, I could have, instead of having a hysterectomy, could have had other things to keep my my uterus and things like that. And so we should all be offered these things. And I just find it horrible that people allow these things for things that are safe that could happen to all of us. Well, we could all get cancer. Well, anyone, <laughs> anyone could question their own sexuality at any time or their own gender. And, and it can happen to anyone. And I don't think that we should be separated out for that. I'm probably not saying it very well. It just gets me kind of riled up. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, you definitely are. And, and that was, and I'm glad you came around to that because I, it, it's true. It's very true. Like the interventions that are that are offered. Well, I don't even know if I want to call it an intervention, but like, there's plenty of options Mm -hmm. that are presented in a good, you know, in a kind of supportive healthcare environment these days around making, you know, I don't want to say making you whole because I think that's a really bad way to say it, but that's, I think the way the medical community looks at it, but it's like, okay, well, how, how about we make everybody whole? And if that Mm -hmm. is requiring the same intervention, just because that person didn't start out looking like that person doesn't mean that you need to make a different, you know, like that's the choice that they're making to affirm themselves and their identity. Yeah. I I think I thought that was, um, that was just, so it was a powerful post. I, and before I, I do, I did have to intervene back when you said like everybody's journey, everybody's communication, everybody's, everything is different. The one universality that I think you made very early on was like, when you said, you said this, it's like being in a game show where the prizes behind doors one, two, and three all suck. And so (laughs) I will say, I was like, "Uh uh-huh, but you're, you're creating a a door four with all of your awesome products and like, and all of the, you know, insight and wisdom that you are sharing here. So I think that's just. Thank you. I hadn't
0: thought about it that way. And I, I have used that analogy several times. My radiologist, I told him about the game show analogy and he goes, oh, he goes, that that's great. Can I use it? That? Yeah. That's coming into my vernacular. <laughs> Not that
1: it's going to be helpful, but. <laughs>
0: But it really is a great way for someone, if you are experiencing cancer for the first time or know someone who's going through it for the first time, it is the worst. It it is a really good explanation of the disorientation that comes around and and the choices that you have to make. None of them are good. None of them are good. And yet you still have to make those choices. And I think there are many things in our life that come up that way, but cancer is, is a really good equalizer of all of that for so many of us. Yeah. I have a, a cancer suction. Well, <laughs> it says uh, the F word cancer on it. And my husband was pretty horrified when I first got it. He's like, you're not going to wear that out, Are you? You're like, hell yeah, <laughs> like, I am. i wear yes. that fucking <laughs>
1: 24 exactly.
0: seven. I'll say the word. <laughs> like, wasn't sure if we could. I... Love that shirt. And it just expresses the sort of anger that comes up about cancer and having to fight, fight, fight for your life at the same time that you're making these horrible game show decisions. And, and there's no guarantee, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to me. And I think life is very much like that, but But you don't,
1: but you, but that basically getting a diagnosis like that just wipes out the cognitive dissonance that you can surround yourself with around that point. I mean, yes, obviously nothing's guaranteed to anybody, but it is, it is pretty much smashed into your face.
0: Yep. The vulnerability that comes with that smashing is pretty intense. Yep.
1: So let's talk about, um, and again, this is entirely from your perspective and your experience, but let's talk about, things that can be said, not said, done, not done. You talked a little bit about the hugging, which was a, which is a great insight (laughs) that people don't, you know, it's like, you want to be supportive, but you're just sitting there. Like, so instead of just shriveling up and, and, and hiding and, or being, you know, Sally sunshine, when that's really not what you want to hear, um, like what was helpful for you?
0: I think the most amazing thing is when people show up and actually listen and it, talking about cancer is very frightening for many people. I found myself in conversations where I'm realizing that the people I'm talking to are much more frightened about cancer than I am. And so, um, but at the same time I have my own fear about it. I think when they can get beyond that and actually listen to what I need, it's amazing. I, I I'll give you an example. The other day I had a friend who's like, I'd like to get together with you, but I know that your time is is precious. And also you have your nap time. Let's work around. When do you take your nap again? And all, you know, we'll work around that. And I thought, what, <laughs> what a lovely way to approach me. Um, you know, I, I want to make sure that we have a good time and I want sure you get your nap in there too. And it wasn't like shaming me about it or trying to work through the nap, she had already listened to me before saying that I needed to have a nap every day. And I think that's really important because sometimes we sort of go off in one direction, but when friends listen to me that way and say, oh, okay, it sounds like you really just can't handle anything more today. So I'll, I'll check back with you next week. Um, that listening to who they are and not sort of trying to put your own spin on it I've had other friends who say you know I just really wanted to make you laugh today I'm like you know I don't feel like laughing today <laughs> so and that's okay yeah and I yeah. think that's that's what um, friend the baseline of friendships is anyway um, are you trying to get what you need out of that friendship or are you trying to sort of bring are you coming at it from an equal equilibrium you know and so What I've found is when people are willing to change how they feel about me and what we can do as friends, that's the most helpful thing. I'm not that person I was six months ago. I'm a new person. So do you want to get to know the new person? That's what's helpful to me. Um, And I think we do that so many times with friendships. We sort of assume that they've they've stayed the same. We've changed, but they've stayed the same. Those that are willing to um, change it up, who I might be with them, that's been the most helpful thing. They're like, all right, we'll do side hugs until I say, you know, I can do a front hug now. And they're like, yay. So- right?
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> I- another, I mean, that is an important point too, of like to, to, to keep on listening because I mean, It's kind of like when my husband asked me about our teenage daughters and the way they were behaving, I'm like, I don't freaking know. This is my first, (laughs) this is my first rodeo with these two also, you know? So (laughs) it's like, you know, maybe next week you're going to have a totally different perspective on what you want. And so just keep listening because maybe it will change. Maybe you'll find some energy or maybe you'll have a different thing that's more important to be, you know,
0: worked around or whatever. So yeah, that's such a good point. I think, I think. I, my husband calls it, I'm an introvert. I I like, I like being with people. I love hanging out with people. I love talking to people, but I also need to recharge on a regular basis or else I'm a mess. And I think uh, we call it the cancer card. Like (laughs) I can just say, you know, I can't go to that such and such event. I'm just too tired. I've got cancer. Um, It's been great for my introvert self to help me regulate without feeling bad about who I am. Um, I've always been that way, but I just need to be that way in a larger perspective. Like I, I can't overextend myself or else it'll take me literally two weeks to recover. Whereas before it would have taken me a day to recover. And that's just not acceptable anymore. So a lot of times I'm just telling people about my cancer so that they understand why I'm making the scheduling choices that I'm making. And, and that's been probably over sharing my story with my community. Um, they don't really need to know, but I want them to know. I want them to know that I have, I want to spend time with people, but I, I can't, I can't do all the things that I used to do. I can't be on all those subcommittees anymore. I can't do it. Um, it would be a lot of fun. We would have a great time. We would get all kinds of things done. Can't do it. And I want people to know that. And that's different too. And yeah, because um, fundamentally,
1: I, I mean, when you get right down to it, it's none of their fucking business, but <laughs> right, you know, to the extent that, but, but it, but it is helpful. Like, and I do think that, you know, to the extent you are willing to be a little bit more transparent about that, you know, it seems like, it seems like your community is certainly reacting the right way and, you know, kind of, rolling with that and accepting it for what it is and not that you're oversharing, but that, you know, it's just perspective that is very useful right. to have. And will also make you maybe think twice about every other interaction you have all day. And when you get an unexpected uh, response or reaction yeah. or whatever, is like, okay, well, oh, guess what? Let me get out of myself for a minute and realize this person's going through something too. So,
0: and um, that's what I think. I think eventually I'm just going to be like, it's okay to say no. And I think that's I've always been okay with other people saying no. I've not always been okay with myself saying no. And so I'm hoping my transition will be that I don't have to tag cancer on there. I can just say no and be confident. And I'm getting there. I'm getting close. I'm talking about it out loud. <laughs> but I'm. it's surprising to me just how I still have to explain myself in that transition that I'm going through. Yeah. Because I would always say yes before, it, Yeah. you know?
1: I was I was curious as you were talking um given what you have gone through and and kind of this inward facing kind of struggle or whatever that you've been having do, how do you feel like like thinking about how we all showed up at vertical and and what your reaction was mm-hmm. to that uncertainty <laughs> and whatever how do you think your reaction would be different or would it be different today showing up in that same type of a, an environment
0: I think I think, I would go into it with just a lot more openness, that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I haven't done those things anymore, that there's this environment that that's okay. And that's what I've applied to more things lately. Um, I'm actually looking at setting up a, a short ride this summer with friends and inviting all of my Instagram cycling friends, all my local cycling friends and just having a big, messy, short ride. And so if, if people want to go 40 miles, they can do that after. <laughs> I don't know if I can, I, I can't, I know I can't do that. So, you know, a little 15 mile ride where we have lots of snacks and water and um, maybe lunch afterwards. That's what I want. I want to yeah. do those kinds of community connections I'm not sure if I can pull it off, but man, I want to. And I think that's the difference before I thought about those kinds of things. And after vertical, now I want to do it myself. And it doesn't matter who shows up. Everyone's going to know because I'm going to tell them, look, we're just going out for a short ride. It's going to be fun. And there's going to be all these people you haven't met before, but they're all really nice and it doesn't matter. And I totally think that's doable now. I wouldn't have, I would have thought about that before and said, no, oh, that's too hard. That's too crazy. Not going to do it. Totally going to try and do it. Susan, and- you're
1: in the land of like <laughs> the farm to fork Fondo and the this to this Fondo. We're making a fuck cancer Fondo and, <laughs> Middlebury and it might be a 4k and it doesn't fucking matter. Right. And everyone's invited. And, and everyone's they-
0: invited. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm getting the t-shirts
1: made.
0: We're doing this. Yes, we're doing it. And that's what I think the difference is. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have the right clothes, if you have the right bike, if you have the right um, people or you have the right equipment and and you just sort of
1: guess what? You're all smelling the same manure.
0: Exactly. And you're all getting it in your teeth and it's going (laughs) to be fun. And you're bringing a friend with you who would never do that. And I think that's important. It's not just you showing up, encourage somebody else to do something crazy like that too. And I think that's what vertical did. It, it encouraged us to bring somebody else or to shove somebody else out with us. And I think that's, what's the important part. Um, Sometimes people say, just show up. It's more than that. You have to sort of drag somebody with you and then they can feel that too. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So you're already killing your 2023 goals, which I read on your site too, which were, she's like the hell with all these marketing plans, all this BS you usually do. She's like, I got three things, three things this year, life and business. One, engage your community connections. Check. Yes. Already done. Two, more storytelling. We're doing this right now. Check.
0: Ta-da. And
1: three more bike riding. Yes. 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 More
0: bike riding. Yes. I love it. Yeah. I, love it. I, I can't wait to get out on my bike this year. You know, I'm riding in the basement a little bit, but it's not fun. No. Not and, and, and you
1: can't even blame that on cancer. That just sucks anyway. It period. just sucks and it's
0: oh, it always sucks.
1: <laughs> riding your bike in your basement sucks. Let's be honest.
0: I don't know anybody who has fun doing that. You know what so- you should do
1: though? You should put your little basket and bell on your bike downstairs and be like, bing, bing, and pretend you're doing deliveries. That's a great idea. That would bring me joy
0: Oh, to think of
1: you riding your bike in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> and then you could put, you know, snacks and towels and like whatever. in Your idea.
0: basket. Yeah. See, this is good. This is, this why we is did why, this. this is why I needed to talk to you today. <laughs> you opened up the fourth, the fourth door in the game show. The fourth you know, door. Pointed yeah. that out and and put the damn bike even basket just, on. Even your just bike. the
1: bell. I mean
0: yeah, that way you can like there. get your husband to do
1: stuff. You could be-
0: <laughs> I need so- a drink. I need some <laughs> Gatorade, Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a cramp. My <laughs> help. Me like, I'll massage my boat uh, on the bike man. <laughs> ging, ging, ging. <laughs>
1: Oh my god, I
0: love it! All
1: right, so we're gonna we're gonna roll wrap this up. I want I want before I ask you my final question, I want to you to okay. tell a little bit about another fun contest that you do, which is your giggle tree. <laughs> I loved that. I was on the edge of my seat, even though I didn't participate. So we'll, we'll tell everybody what that's all about, so they can get into it you gotta, next week. You got to participate
0: year. next year. Yes. So. We, I got my first herbal conference ever went to 25 years ago. I bought this little sprig of a ginkgo and I planted it in my backyard, in a little ginkgo tree, and it started to grow. It started to look pretty good. And something in the backyard ate it down to the ground. And so then another little sprout came out, started to grow, started to look pretty good after two or three years. And then somebody came along and ate it down to the ground was <laughs> like this poor thing. So then it started to sprout and it just grew from there and has survived all this time. So what ginkgo trees do is they, um, they slowly, their green leaves turn yellow to a deep orange. And then all of a sudden within like a 24 hour period, all the leaves drop all at once. And so, you know, 48 hours later, there's not a leaf left on the tree. So my family started, we're like, we had no idea when we got the tree that it would do that. We're like, when it was small, we didn't really notice it much. But as it got bigger, we're like, what the? And all the leaves will kind of shimmer a little bit, and then they'll just drop. And so we started taking out bets. And like, when is the ginkgo tree going to drop its leaves? And then I opened it up on Instagram a couple of years ago, and I was like, would anybody like to take bets with me? My, my family, it's only bragging rights, but I'll give away free products to whoever can guess on the day. And it just, people went nuts. And so I give updates all along. And it usually takes like about a month, month and a half from when I start. I'll take, I'll open up the bets for a week, and then I'll close it down. And then we just watch. And it's the most fun thing. I'll go out there and people are like, has it happened? Has it happened? And they're like, it didn't happen on my day. And people just have so much fun with this. And it's like the craziest thing. It's just a tree in my backyard. I've had people cruising by my house to make sure that I'm not lying about the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I all right. Maybe fun... your
1: community isn't as awesome as I thought.
0: <laughs> are you lying? I'm like, no, Like it's right there. and it's so much fun um and so I post who's won in the past um I send out presents uh, and anyone can guess the days so there could be two people that win there could be 10 people anybody can guess whatever day they want and I had I had like 65 people enter this year which is the largest it's been I mean I don't have a huge Instagram following but man all the people watching anyway are just frantic. If I don't post about it after a day or two, people are like, Hey, Hey, Hey. hey!"
1: Right. Right. Like, like, I'm sorry. On? You're going through like very aggressive cancer treatment. Um, where's the fucking ginkgo picture? Seriously.
0: And I, <laughs> and I struggled. I was like, should I do the ginkgo this year? You know, I, cause I had to open it up kind of early and I was like, should I, should I do it? Should I not? And it was the best thing ever. I mean, I, I really struggled because I couldn't go outside, for that first week of pictures and people are like, what's going on with the ginkgo? I'm like, so I posted pictures through the window. You're like,
1: all right, I'm playing the cancer card here and I'm posting an inside picture because seriously people, I have different priorities than you do.
0: I'll send you your
1: freaking t-shirt. I promise.
0: <laughs> but it, it was fun. And I just love that the 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 ginkgo tree won last year like nobody guessed it so the the tree won oh and that's
1: hilarious did you post a picture <laughs> of a t-shirt wrapped around tree <laughs> <laughs> like the tree won. and I it just think, so it just outlasted every single person who put their vote well, in or there was or there it was has to be gap. the exact day it's not prices it right to, right it's yeah, not okay. prices
0: right you have to have the exact day and there was this gap in the middle and that's when the tree decided to go. And I was like, all right, <laughs> sorry. And people were upset. And I was like, hey, I, I didn't win either. So. <laughs> so then this year, it was rather frantic because of last year, the tree won. People were very intense about there and they were checking when each other were guessing and they made sure there was no gaps. I, I noticed that quite a few people were working on that. So oh. Best they were
1: gamifying the game. That's that's BS. This yeah. is blind. This is blind, uh blind betting, people. Come she on. She
0: didn't stand a chance this year. <laughs> she didn't
1: stand a chance. Oh my god. Yeah, I loved that. I was like, that's a that's a great idea. So and then for those of us who don't know, what does ginkgo ginkgo has some kind of nice qualities, right? It has As all a, kinds
0: of nice qualities. Uh mainly I think it's memory of okay um and sort of just judging your, your overall outlook on life and sort of enthusiasm and um, opening up your brain, that kind of thing. There's, I'm sure there's more. Okay, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's well, a it makes sense culture. that you're living
1: under a ginkgo tree because you're just such a positive force of nature. So. And
0: I will put a disclaimer on if people want to go out and get themselves a ginkgo tree. There is a difference between male and female ginkgo trees. And the, I can't remember which one it is, but one of them has this fruit on it that just stink. Um, so make sure you, if you want to get a ginkgo tree, you get the right one. I do your
1: research, yeah,
0: I was lucky and got the right one. Um, cause I was, I just randomly chose the right one, but I have heard people, um, saying they got the wrong ginkgo and man, it, the leaves do the same thing, but they have to deal with stinky fruit, um, so I wonder
1: if the rabbits eat them 500 times in a row, like they did yours, <laughs> the sticky fruit version, yeah, <laughs> maybe, like maybe they taste
0: somebody fast. just chowed down on my poor little ginkgo, but it's, it's a survivor. So that's, yeah, no. that's
1: good. That's good. It is. It's a beautiful tree. Um, from the pictures I saw, we they were taking it inside or out they're, maybe
0: they're so you'll low. get to see it. In I know live. I'm going to have to
1: come and ride my bike over in person. And see I
0: want to do a delivery with you. I think I know, that would be, so be the most
1: fun. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, it's it's uh we we'll make we got to make that work. But all right, so then before I let you go, my final mm-hmm. question, which I ask everybody, and I feel like I might have talked to you about this at the, and I forget what your answer was. What was your what is it, your favorite piece of gear that you own for the outside that costs less than fifty bucks? Oh, favorite or most useful. It's hard when you're a biker because like a lot of stuff is expensive, but
0: yeah, and it
1: doesn't have to be for biking. Oh
0: man, favorite gear. Uh, I'm probably going to go with a bike helmet just Mm. because it's so important. And it's the thing that ties me to bike riding from back in the day. And you can get a really good helmet for under 50 bucks. Um, You know, there's really nice ones out there, but get yourself a bike helmet. I've had many friends who have, you know, crashed and hurt their noggins when they didn't have helmets on. And the ones that had helmets on are here today and happy. So please wear your bike helmet. Yeah, yeah,
1: good call. And they're much better looking than what you have at
0: the original. Pretty damn so streamlined now.
1: <laughs> I don't, I don't look like a car with a box on top carrying like seven hundred people skis. It's amazing.
0: I Can't believe we wore those back in the day, but yeah, we did. Hey, you're still here.
1: So it did I'm its here. job,
0: right? I'm here, right. baby. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> with, a, with a vengeance. I love it. All right, Susan, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming, for being vulnerable. This, the, it, I already had wanted to talk to you before all of this other stuff happened. So it's like I'm getting a two for today, which I really, really appreciate you. You are amazing and so inspiring to watch. And just you make me happy to see you. you.
0: I appreciate the way you bring stories out into the world especially with women and just sharing who they are. It's really important. And thank you. Thank you.
1: So who is in for the fuck cancer Fondo 4k? Susan probably thought I was kidding, but I think it is an effing fabulous idea. Drop me or Susan a note. So you get the invite when we pull it together. You should also be sure to head over to carolinesdream.com to load up on all the lotions and salves and creams and good vibes you need to chase winter's dark dryness away. And if you want in on next fall's Ginkgo Gambling, make sure to follow at carolinesdreamvt on Instagram. I know you have at least a handful of people who should hear this conversation, so I hope you'll share it with them today. We talked about this in this episode. The power of sharing stories cannot be overstated. It is so valuable to be able to identify with others who are living the struggles that you are getting lost in. Any sliver of shared experience brings people together and fast tracks the ability of a community to support and coalesce around you. Sharing is caring, people. So I've got lots of links to share with you here in the show notes and even more over on the episode page on guidesgonewild.com, along with direct links to some of Susan's greatest products. There's lots of vertical-related inspiration to be found, as well as a riveting two-part conversation with Rebecca Sperry, a.k.a. Sockton Hikes, about her own uniquely challenging and unbelievably inspiring ongoing fight to reclaim her life after a cancer diagnosis. She is breaking new ground in so many courageous and helpful ways for victims and survivors of this horrible disease. Everyone needs exposure to these perspectives. I will leave it at that. Just go listen and share. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. See you back here in two for more Guys Gone Wild.